Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is LaVon Breland, and this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Our lesson tonight is higher learning concerning the harvest. Higher learning concerning the harvest, the introduction. All right, um, I've done something that I have not done before, and that is give a current teachings outline. Give a current teachings outline. As you know, we started on Tuesdays. We're dealing with uh, one or two parts, but we really started off with working for the Lord. We gave a great teaching on that, gave the outline, and if you're not in our Facebook group, join our Facebook group. On Tuesdays, we are studying the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, systematically. So tonight's lesson, for the very first time and probably the only time in a few times, will I give a current series of 2019 teaching of of our um, outline. I don't normally do that. Generally, when you're hearing a teaching on a broadcast or even a class that we've done, um, it's on a teaching that has been um, transcribed maybe two to three years prior to ever being presented. And although the concepts of these teachings have been fully studied out and comprehended, it was it was transcribed this year. So this is fresh off the press night, if you will. So we're going to be dealing with the subject um, that if you have not attended Sunday morning in the Word, you're missing out. Every Sunday at 7 o'clock, we re- we release a uh, teaching, and at at seven and six p.m. in the evening, we also release other teachings. Amen. And we're 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 making some changes on the schedule to be better accommodating. But every Sunday, we do a series, an advanced series called Sunday Morning in the Word. Well, I want you to understand where we're going in this coming Sunday, um, um, in the month of May of 2019. We are entering into a new series. Of, of studies, um, studies, but this particular teaching is one of the fundamentals or foundational teachings of this year's theme, which is uh, a triumph, uh, a year of triumph. And we, we're talking about reaping the harvest that God has promised. And uh, tonight we're going to deal with that, and then I'm going to uh, next week uh, do a new series on what a, a new series to you on um, on this teaching, and we're going to keep going and going further. You can get the notes, and um, the the lesson outline format will help you for our Sunday mornings in the Word. It gives you how our, we have our three sections: our Old Testament and New Testament passage, and we have five uh, conclusive thoughts that we use as a gauge for the next uh, part of the section that we're doing. But these are a little more in depth. Uh, teaching. So tonight you're going to really be blessed by uh, the frame of teaching. All right? So get your notes. Um, the references are again in our group. You can listen to it in your leisure. But get your notes. We're getting ready to get into some good teaching. 
and I think this is really good. This is going to be a minister's class, and uh, so I think you're going to really, hopefully, by the grace of God, appreciate this particular teaching for this for this night. And then again, if you want to get caught up, part two and three are already on our blog talk. Uh, website so you can download them with this part and get the whole matter of this first division of this teaching. And then in, on Sunday morning in the Word, again, at 6 a.m. is live. At 7 p.m. it's posted. We uh, give the uh, Sunday morning in the Word teaching, um, and we're going to be teaching on a new series in the month of May. This is just such a blessing. So tonight you're going to get a lot of Word, a lot of scriptures, Lots a little more than you would normally get on Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights now. So, oh, systematic, um, our class, let me say this as well, supernatural systematic studies are now on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. So spread the word. We are on live at 10 p.m., but at 11 o'clock you can download it for your leisure. You can listen to it. Get a study group pastors. Listen to the outline you get an outline for every lesson that we teach in the group. That's the only place you'll get it. Is you have to join the group in order to get the outline. In addition, there are resources that will help you learn and study your Bible. We give out charts and articles every week by this ministry and by supporting other partner, partnering ministries. You don't want to miss out on the information. All right, let's pray and not delay. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I lean on the Holy Spirit, who is the educator and the guide that gives me clear articulation and gives me good thoughts so that I can proclaim boldly what the Spirit has to say to the church. Father, anoint the church and anoint the people of God to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and in everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Matthew 9, 35-38 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Higher learning concerning the harvest. One of the questions I want to answer tonight is what is the harvest all about? This is a New Testament passage that Jesus introduces, and whenever Jesus teaches in parables, he teaches so that the people who would hear it would hear a familiar story or that would lead to a significant point. I think about my um, Bible class with the kids, Dominion 10, years ago. I would always say, what's the parable? It's a, it, it is a short story that leads to a significant point. And so uh, I would say that about seven times, what is a parable? A short story that leads to a significant point. 
what's the significant point? Whatever's contained in that story, story will be their answer. So, um, a parable is a short story that leads to a significant point. And perhaps we need to understand why Jesus was, um, was first of all, reflecting on what he was doing. This was Jesus in, in active ministry, re- reflecting during an active span of time in history, not after he performed his ministry, but while he performed his ministry. And one of the reasons why he was ministering, the scripture clearly says there was no shepherd. The, the scripture that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, was not felt in the children of Israel. At this particular time, they had been under the influence of the Roman Empire. Secularism and humanism had distorted the holistic purity of, of the culture of faith that was expected among the children of promise. Whenever you look at the, the children of Israel, you have to understand they are covenant people. They are people that are raised in not only a Mediterranean land, but in a land of covenant, a land that God had promised them that they had fought for with blood and tears. And so at this point, when Jesus sees that the people who he is sent to serve and he is sent to save are sick and not receiving healing and not knowing the gospel that translates and transforms and transfigures and empowers them, he is looking at them and saying they have a they are a people that are scattered without a shepherd. I'm serving, but there's no shepherd. Jesus is serving, but there is no shepherd. What's the solution? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the field. Let's 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 unpack this. What is the harvest? The harvest is a depiction of God's creation where humanity is actively engaged in getting the most out of life. This is a life work. You're going to hear me say that often. Harvest is the plan of God for the people of God, guaranteeing the blessing of God for their advancement in his kingdom. Let me say that one more time. What is harvest? It is the plan of God for the people of God, guaranteeing the blessings of God for the advancement in his kingdom. So this is God's prescribed way of living. This is a depiction of God's interest in humanity to be involved in their context, their culture, their current situation. He was preaching He was healing the sick and the diseased. He was teaching in the synagogues so that God could be involved in in the scheme or the context or the culture of humanity, not as someone who is just a deity who they could never reach and grasp, but someone who is engaged in getting them the most out of life. It was a life plan. The harvest was a life plan. The scripture says in Genesis 8:22, while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not see, so, cease. 
So just as the cycles of of daytime and the cycle cycles of living are without end, so is the concept of harvest. And as we talk about triumphing in life, as we talk about gaining victory and access and momentum in the kingdom of God, it will never be felt until we understand the beauty behind the harvest. Higher learning concerning the harvest. Jesus is pulling his disciples aside. He's saying, I am not a magic wonder man. I am not here to save the day. I am not set on a conquest of historic imprint in the earth. I am sent to do the will of my father. And this is the works of, these are the works which I've called you to, to believe on the one that he sent. And Jesus prays. And Jesus' reflection on the ministry, that as long as it was locked within his ability, as long as it was locked in his performance, it was limited. It was limited. And it would be the prayers of the men and women of God set to serve, set to be laborers that God would release, that would cause the effect of his kingdom to be at hand or to be in full effect. Even Jesus, uh, Jesus in all of his deity, in all of his humanity, in all of his sovereignty, with God's plan locked within his mortal flesh, could not achieve the complete agenda of God. And for God to give his best to humanity, it would have to be a dispersed among those that were willing to lay down their lives for a greater cause, for a greater effect. And so what we want to listen and, and locate and list and isolate is why this was taught and who this was taught to. This was not a parable necessarily to the multitudes, although he often referenced in parable concepts around this revelation. But this was a revelation to those who were set to be devoted to the causes that he was implementing through his obedience to God. Jesus was man. But he was man with a he was a man with a plan, God's plan on him, which he embodied with his obedience to even death upon the cross. And so at that name, at the authority of the effect of his willingness to be sacrificially offered as a ransom for many, as a pay as a cure all for sin, as a as a redeemer of humanity. God enabled him to charge those who would come after him to have this concept of harvest so that they could also obtain God's plan for humanity. For harvest is the plan of God for the people of God, guaranteeing the blessings of God. And to guarantee you by reflection on the creation's account in, eight cha- in the eighth chapter of Genesis, verses 22, that says, as long as there, the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. In other words, there's process. 
There's a process to living. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Horace also teaches us that God is involved with the growth of not only humanity, but the continuum of time. Psalm 67 verse 6 says, Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. So there's things that we understand. Why harvest? One, harvest, it is a perspective revealing God's intentions to lavish our lives with abundant provisions. Why is that? God reveals that he is a willing God. God's willingness is, is to share his insights on how to live. Jesus did not perform in the earth to show us his superiority. But he's, he, 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 his willingness to, to, to share God's insight on living was, was why he sacrificed his own life. For many. The harvest reveals God's willingness to share his insights on how to live. See, the Bible says, I no longer call you foreigners, but I call you friends. It is, it is one of the most uh, dynamic uh, perspectives or um, insights on God's heart, his willingness to share with his creation. His intent. He's willing to lavish our lives with abundant provision. Why? He's willing to share and show us all we need to know. And then, not only is he willing, but he's also wondrous. He reveals his wondrous, God's wondrous plans for rewarding the faithful. Meaning, you're not just functioning to share in the knowledge of how to live, but he's willing to reward you for sticking with it until you see it. We need to have a resolve in our life to say, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Whether I'm waiting or I'm working, my willingness will cause God to reveal his wondrous plan. Why? Because he's willing to share his insights with us, and he has a wonderful plan for our lives. He said in Jeremiah, to the prophet Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have towards you, plans to give you a prosperous hope in the future, God's willingness, God's wondrous plan, and then also it reveals God's work. So this is an eternal perspective. The Bible tells us in the Song of Solomon that he has set eternity in our hearts. A lot of times we have begun, be, become so embraceive of temporal affairs and effects that we lose the, the momentum that thrives upon us having an eternal perspective or a perspective that goes beyond just our what we our natural senses, what we can taste, touch, handle, and think and ideal about. This is a, a relationship that we have with God that reveals his willingness and wondrous and working plan. We see God at work, so we work. We see God willing, so we're willing. And we see God's wonderful plan, so we operate in signs and wonders. 
It is an eternal perspective revealing God's intentions to lavish our lives with abundant provision. Because where God guides, he provides. Secondly, it is an educational prophetic overview of redemption in the history of Israel as a chosen people. This is why I say this. The teaching of harvest was a great way for God to communicate insights on life because harvesting was the economic force behind the culture of Israel. If anybody knew things about cultivating a land and making it a homeland would be the children of Israel. They were harvesters. They were, they were an agricultural society that built their force, uh, their economic force and strength through trade and sharing the sharing and the distributing, trading, trade and distribution, sharing of minerals and oils and, and scents and, and fruits and vegetation. They were very good with land. God gave them the promised land, so they their work, although the curse um, was in effect, God's grace through redemption was revealed through obedience and sacrificial service to the Lord, to the children of Israel, that, that they would have a skill in the land. You have to understand, the children of Israel were very acute and alert to the expectations of abundant provisions that would come out of the covenant that they had with God. They were educated and understood the psalm writings because they were sung to and they had festivals and calendars that kept reminding them of the perpetual promise that would unlock God's plan and show God's ability to come in time through Kairos, an insert of divine judgment and sanctioning and provision despite the continual cycle of time, God would intervene because he cared for them, because he was in covenant with them, because he cut with his own blood before the foundation of the world, the Lord Jesus to provide a ransom or a cure-all for everyone. And so the harvest was a great way to communicate his insights. But it also gives a great depiction of the facts and the phases of how life works. Everything doesn't happen at once. As long as the earth endures, it, it, it will be seed time and harvest, temperaments, uh, 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 climate changes, changes in climate, cold and heat, summer changes in season, Summer and winter changes in dispensation, day and night, but it will never cease. This is life. This is eternal. This is an eternal perspective. The earth will yield her increase. God will make all things work together for the good of them whom we love and whom he predestinated to be conformed into the image of his son who is a saving grace. Even our own God shall bless us. So this is another lesson to remind them of the blessing of the Lord, which was his intent behind him sharing his willingness to be uh, involved in our life plan, in our life plan, in our life plan. So the teaching of harvest can gain others to grow, and that's why God intends for humanity to grow 
in life's process. Why? There will be nothing in the earth that will not be reproduced after its kind. An important passage, of course, Jesus tells us that if you can't understand parables, this parable, you won't understand any. Of course, we said that the parable is a short story that leads to a significant point. But he lets you understand that the basis of all points will come as a result of the insight that you have on Matthew 13, the parable of the soil. The parable of the soil. And so, for your hearing, I will read this swiftly as we come to draw nigh toward the end. 13, 1 through 23, very important passage that you must know. The same day, same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship. And set, and the whole multitude stood at the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no depthness. Of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, they withered away, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but others fell upon good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Hear this. But unto them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and and he shall have more abundance. For whosoever hath not, from him shall he be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in in parables, because they seeing see not, and they hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, My hearing my hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's hearts is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they are they have closed. He said any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted. And I should heal them, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. 
For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and I've not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the soil. When anyone who heareth the word of the kingdom of God and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. This is... This is he which has received the seed by the wayside. But when he that receiveth the the seed into the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and and anyone and receiveth with joy, receiveth it. He hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation and persecution arises of the word by and by he is what? Ascended. He also receiveth seed among the thorns as he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred, some sixty, and some 30. This is what Jesus taught. See, there are layers to this. Number one, the harvest is an illustration that reveals the aspects of God's covenant with humanity. Unto you it is given to know. Exodus 23:16 says, And the feast of the harvest and the first fruits of thy labor, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of the end gathering, which is the end of the year, when thou hast gathered it by laborers out of the field, is called harvest. Harvest. What he's, what he's, what he's, what he's saying is this is a point in time where, where, where you celebrate your labor, which you have sown or worked in the field, the feast of ingathering, after you place something to grow in the opportunities of the field. At the end of the year, when you have gathered your, your, what you have labored over, you will receive increase. Leviticus 25, 18, and 19 says, Wherefore ye shall do my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them, and ye shall dwell in the land of sa- in safety. And the land shall yield her fruit. This is harvest. Ye shall eat and eat your fill and dwell therein in safety. This is a, a this is an illustration to reveal God's aspects of His covenant. When you are committed and connected and consistent with complying to the conditions which God has conveyed and communicated through a contract with you and your heart with his heart, and he is guaranteed to bless you as a result of you obeying, the land will yield her fruit, and ye shall eat your fill and shall dwell therein in safety. It is his plan that is unfolded in your heart when you understand it. And you bring forth the fruit from that understanding of how you handle the word that he has given you, that he releases you to the harvest. Because the harvest is an illustration to reveal the aspect of his covenant with humanity. Humanity. Luke 26 says that if you, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, 
you walk, you keep them, and you do them, then I will give you the rain or the results of it. In due season, due season is an added season that only God can unlavish upon your life through convictions and, and through celebrating your conversion. And the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field yield their fruit. Only God can cause the fruit from a tree to grow. And just like that, he will cause you to grow because it is harvest. In Luke chapter, uh, in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 12, for the seed shall be prosperous. This is the people of God. The vine shall give her fruit, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all things. What I want to give you in this is that when you establish a covenant with God, he intends to connect and commit to that covenant or that contract that you have with him. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 9, that the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land, for good, for the Lord will again rejoice over the good, for the, over thee for good, and he rejoice over thy fathers. God is committed to this covenant that he has with you because these reveal illustrations of aspects of his covenant with humanity. Number two, it gives you my harvest because it gives you insight on the importance of divine timing. It gives you the important insights on the importance of divine timing, on the, uh, on, on the sovereignty over so sovereignty is God's authority and rule over humanity's efforts to achieve success. Leviticus 23, 10 through 16 says, Speak ye to the children of Israel and say to them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and ye shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring forth the sheep and the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave a sheep before the Lord to be accepted for you. And on the morrow or the next day, after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer the day, offer that day when ye wave the sheaf and the lamb without blemish of the first year of the burnt offering unto the Lord. Oh, glory to God. I wish I could break this down like I want to. I'm going to go a little over time, but just bear with me. But I want you to hear this. And ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the self-same day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. This is covenant language. And ye shall count unto you for from the morrow after the Sabbath, for from the day that ye have brought a sheath and wave offering seven Sabbaths, shall be complete, even until the morrow or the next day after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number 50 days, and, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ooh, that's loaded. 
Oh, I can break it down for you, but I just don't have the time. But I will come back and, and perfect this in the second division. In Psalms 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Why am I saying this? God has given us insights on the divine timing. You've got to be right. When he gives you 50 days of offering a new meat before the Lord, you must wave a pure meat before the Lord. And this is talking about the day after the Sabbath, which is high Sabbath, which would be a Sunday. You shall offer, give the priest a, a resource to represent your family from generation to generation and wave it before the Lord. To say, here, my God, I offer to you my willingness to, to be in compliance with your plan. I wave before you my sacrifice of the blood that runs down the doors that protects me from the evil one. I offer this to you through my community, through my conversion, and through my commitment. So blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But this delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaves shall also not wither. And whatsoever, whatsoever, whatever, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This is covenant talking insights, insights behind the importance of divine timing for humanity's efforts to achieve success. Leviticus 6, 43 through 45 says, For a good tree bringeth forth bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither does corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. You're known by your harvest. You're known by what you produce. For of thorns men do gather figs, for, uh, nor of a bramble bush gather, ye, gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart Bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. John fifteen five says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me, ye can do nothing. When you want to achieve success, it's because you want to be fruitful. <clears throat> You want to reproduce after your efforts of sacrifice. Why harvest? Because you want to get the most out of life. You want to maintain your connected consistency and compliance to the covenant which you uphold. Thirdly, thirdly, you want to impact, be impact and be impactful or impacted by obedience through the acts of faith, which grows and develops a legacy through generational blessing. Isn't that what the scriptures have depicted toward us? That those who comply 
to God's covenant as he stipulated through his plan, which he's brought from generation to generation, to all have marks of contributions and sacrifices toward the covenant so that they could be lavished with provisions and abundance perpetually, eternally, and show you that God is, 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 is willing that he will also send his word out so you can hear it, understand it, and do it. He will send his word out by any means necessary, prophetically inserting himself in history, teaching us the importance of knowing the voice of God and complying to his will and his way. Hallelujah. Noah was an example. When nobody else would stand righteously before God, he was a righteous man and walked with God, seeing the blessings uh, uh, that the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. God instructed Noah to build an ark, which he, his sons, and their wives together with male and female of all living creatures would be saved from the waves of wickedness, would be saved from the overwhelming waters that flooded the earth. There erect a new covenant where redemption could be possible. Abraham left Ur in the Mesopotamia because God called him to be found of new nation in undesignated land that would later be learned to be Canaan, which would be a land that would be fought over to be possessed. He obeyed unquestionably the commands of God from whom he received and, re- and, and repeated promises of the covenant. And, and, and his seed would then inherit the land and be blessed without end. We see this with Isaac moved to Belsheba, Bel, uh, Beleazar, Roi, after his father had died when the land had experienced uh, famine. He removed to the Philistine land of Gerim, where his fathers once lived. And this land would be under the control of King Abimelech, as it was in the days of Abraham. Like his father, Isaac also deceived Abimelech about his wife and also got into into the well business. He He had gone back to all of the wells that his fathers dug and saw that they were stopped up with earth. The Philistines did this after Abraham died. So Isaac unearthed them and began to dig for more wells all the way to Beersheba, where he made a pact with Abimelech, just like in the days of his father. Isaac grew old and became blind. He called his son Isaac. Azu and directed him to procure some vengeance for him in order to receive Isaac's blessing. While Azu was hunting, Jacob, after listening to his mother's advice, deceived his blind father by misrepresenting him as Azu and thereby obtained his father's blessing. Such as Jacob became Isaac's primary heir, and Esau was left in an inferior position. He had no insights on his covenant. Hallelujah. Abimelech, a man um, of Bethlehem, Judah, with his wife Naomi and his two sons, Malone and Chilean, went in time of famine and sojourned in the land of Moab. There Abimelech died, and the two sons married, Malone taking Ruth, 
as his wife and Chilean taking Orpah. Both women of Moab were uh, where the sons died. Now listen, although they died, their wives continued in the customs of Israel and accepted the, the conditions of the covenant by embracing God as sovereign rule and supreme. And they escaped the, 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 the corruption that would come from being a covetless people to inheritances that were promised and preserved in the family lines of a people that they were not by blood. But because of a covenant that they had through marriage, God in his power revealed a plenteous harvest that provided for them in their day and their need. See, these were examples of people who experienced authentic harvest. They were impacted by obediences and acts of faith that grew them and developed them for generations to come. It would be Ruth, who would be the great, 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 great grandma of the Lord Jesus that would cause redemption to save the world. Lord, don't get me started. I will go into to all of these examples, but we see these examples because God in, in, in Psalm 67, 1 through 3, it says, it says, look, God is merciful unto us, and he blesses us and causes his face to shine upon us. Selah, or pause and think about it. That the way may be known upon the earth, the saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. Pause and think. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Let the earth, then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. See, these scriptures are important because they show us uh, what harvest is all about God's willingness And see it is in locating The Lord of the harvest That he reveals his plan It is living God's way That provides a way uh, That's not the ways of the world That causes us to have provisions When people are in poverty It is learning God's wealth plan That keeps us in sync Through covenant and commitment That keeps us in sync With a pro- prosperous ending And it is leaping to faith opportunities, walking by faith and not by sight, that causes us to lead by examples so that others can say, what must I do to be saved? And it is this reflection that Jesus reminds them in the depiction of harvest. While he's working the ministry, that he looks at his disciples and say, the harvest is plentiful. I cannot do this by myself. Lord, send laborers to gather what matters most. Ultimately, his eternal perspective and his educational agenda on prophetic fulfillment will awaken eternal living. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever 
who believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you hear the word of the Lord? It's harvest time for such a time as this. Why harvest? Because God is willing. God has a wonderful plan, and he's working for you to get that plan. To get that plan so that you can have a testimony that's simple. Our God is God. God is not only God, he's our God. And he has a plan that guarantees us having the blessing which addeth no sorrow. It is harvest time, but we have to have higher learning. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being able to go line upon line in your word and learn what harvest is all about. I pray that in this lesson, people will locate your plan and learn to live by faith and not by sight. For this alone, we praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. And amen again. All right. Just a few minutes over. <laughs> but um, praise God. I did talk a little longer um, in the beginning. But we got to light out the lesson. I pray that this will bless you. The notes are on there for your edification. New series next week. Join me Sunday morning in the Word for Division 2, The Honor Code. God bless you and have a great night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.